Hey, welcome back again, everybody, to the Full Court Press. This is your boy Riley uh, here with Abe and Matt? How we doing today, fellas? Oh, we doing well out here. We doing well out here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yo, we are good. Yesterday was great. A great day. Yeah, crazy couple days for the NBA. Uh, also, shout out Pierre. Uh, he couldn't be here this week. He's in Cabo with his lady, uh, living life. Enjoyed himself. We love to see it, uh, Pierre. I know you're going to be listening to this, man. You enjoy that. Uh, have a couple of uh, mimosas for me, pina coladas for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, what you drink, Riley? Did you just – are you a pina colada guy? I mean, I mean, dude, uh, if, if it has some fruit in it, man, I'm going I'm to I'm <laughs> drink that. Uh, mimosas, you don't want to see me uh, at, a, at a brunch at your local spot because I'll be <laughs> – uh, there will be no champagne left, so – yeah, but <laughs> uh, but no. So basically, uh, yeah, huge couple of days in the NBA. Uh, we just had a, the NBA draft last night, which is absolutely bonkers. As far as a lot of great fits everywhere, uh, a lot yeah. of guys, not a lot of stars, but a lot of guys are going places where they're gonna have some nice long careers, uh, God willing. So, uh, but first, before we get into the draft, let's talk about a little bit about some of the trades that went down, the huge trades that went down mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the days leading up. Uh, guys, first of all, we'll start with the uh, the Chris Paul. Uh, going to the Suns uh, from the Thunder for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and Jalen Lequeux. Uh, what do we think about that move for them? Personally, um, I like the move for Phoenix, although I wish that they were able to keep Oubre because I feel like the Suns are that much more dangerous if you're bringing in CP3, but you're also keeping the offensive prowess of Oubre because he was giving you about 20 points per game before he got injured. And for someone like Booker, that's a nice number two to have. And then you bring in someone like CP3, who was still an elite floor general by by no sense. Like, it's the, it's not a question that he's still elite at this level. You saw what he did in OKC. Um, I feel like he could have replicated that success and maybe gone a little bit further with Phoenix. Um, nonetheless, so I think it's a good move by Phoenix. It's definitely not a move that's going to have him win in the Western Conference Finals. I don't see it. I think they still have some more things to do. And we'll talk about this later. I don't think that they really addressed that in the draft either. Yeah, I I love this for Phoenix. Um Booker needed kind of that that older kind of leader. Um Phoenix needed a good point guard who can also score um and lead the team. Um so I love I love that move. Yeah uh Something that I thought was interesting, like you said, we'll talk about the uh, the draft exactly and who they got coming up. But I will say they did reach, uh, in my opinion, on the kid they got, considering that if you keep Ubre, I mean, if you're talking the number 10 pick who we know they end up getting, um, a young center, uh, I just don't see how that's a better call. I mean, you could have thrown in the 10th pick, probably kept Ubre, and I think that's would have been a better move. Ubre's the kind of guy where he's everybody wants him on their team until they need to trade for someone they think is better, and then he's gone again. I think that messes with a player at a certain point. I, I really wish that he uh, – Phoenix was a really, really good spot for him. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought that they were finally giving him a chance to kind of really blossom. Uh, so it's tough to see. You hate to, you hate to see guys, like, in a great position, uh, getting traded out of a great position like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is what it is. Uh, I do think it's a good move, obviously. Chris Paul, I mean, that he what, a, what an addition. I just love to see him keep getting, you know, some some shots here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like trying to get in the playoffs, whatever. You know, I, I, I didn't like when he went to OKC last year, we thought he was going to be stuck there and they weren't going to have any chance of winning. You, you hate to see that because uh, you know how much he wants to win. So, yeah, definitely uh, solid there. Also, Ricky Rubio, we should add, then uh, last night ended up getting traded back to Minnesota. 
which uh, you love to see. Apparently, he like loves being there. So it's always nice to see Ricky Rubio back somewhere. I thought he was going to be stuck in OKC in the similar way that Chris Paul was. So that's always lovely to uh, lovely to see. Yeah, that was interesting, Ruby. I did not see Rubio getting traded back to Minnesota, um, but I think the fit is nicely because he's a very different point guard um, than D'Angelo. D'Angelo could play the point or shoot. But, um, yeah, he's a very different guard, so I think that would be really good for Minnesota um, to be able to switch in different point guards. Yeah, I do think it's kind of funny that he's on his way back to mini, whereas, like, where he started. But um, you look at how that mini team is currently constructed now uh, with Rubio at the one, D'Lo at the two. We'll talk about the draft pick later. Cat uh, at the five. And I guess you would have Cover at the four, most likely with a Koji coming off the bench, it's a very young, young squad. And, um, I mean, look, Minnie hasn't done much since KG, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, the stat that they showed last night during the draft, which completely blew my mind, is that they've missed the postseason 15 out of the last 16 years. Oof. And, and they, just, they got swept, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> like, Okay, you know, like, it's nice to have D'Lo, it's nice to have Cat, but where is this team going? You know, they haven't done anything in over a decade, you know? So, um, good to see Ricky Rubio back there. He can definitely still facilitate. Uh, he's back home. He's He has definitely options, but I don't really expect much from many this coming season. They they might be exciting to watch. They might put up numbers, maybe be a yeah, high scoring offense. There's going to be no defense out of them at all. Oh yeah, no, uh, there's not. And we knew that. I mean, we knew that's my biggest gripe with that whole squad is they never want to play defense. Really, a couple. I mean, they have a couple guys in the roster that can, but I don't think they're going to be. Those guys going to be on islands by themselves. I think a lot of the time. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll 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 get into their draft too because they made some interesting plays with that. Um, also uh, acquired the Bucks got Drew Holiday. The Drew Holiday sweepstakes was finally won. Uh, something that I think uh, is going to help them a lot. Um, and they gave up Bledsoe Hill and three first round picks to get him. Um, which you know that's that's really not that steep. Honestly, I think he's a hell of a player. But there, what was going on with the with the Bogdanovich? Like they said that he was traded and then it's like they did a they did a a, a sign and trade but yeah. with the sign and trade Bogdanovich has to agree to go play for the Bucks to sign with them but he never agreed to go to the Bucks yeah it was more of the yeah. like hey we're going to send you here and then we're going to come to you after we've already made these moves we kind of expect you to agree and Bogdan is like no so he he wants to test free agency he is a restricted free agent so they can still match whatever offer he receives. But I guess he's just trying to look for the bag, which, you know, I can't really blame him. Um, I don't know what uh, ceiling Sacramento has him ha- has him as for uh, financial reasons, but I think most people will give him a decent amount um, and it'll be up to Sacramento whether they try to match it or they try to work out a signing trade or they just kind of let him go. Because yeah, he's, a, he's a great young player. I mean... I mean, think, I mean, think about what they were going to trade to get him. I mean, the Buc- the Bucks were going to give up DiVincenzo, who's like an amazing young defender. Ilya Sova, who didn't play much in the stretch run for him last year, but that guy is just one of those guys. He's a 3 and D guy till till he dies. And DJ Wilson is an athletic young big, too. And, and, yeah, Bogdanovich, as far as a fit, 
as far as the fit of Holiday and Bogdanovich around Giannis, like that's pretty good. Those are two really solid guys to add to him uh, as far as three and D goes and guys who are going to hit shots around him and kind of cover up uh, the few weaknesses that he does have. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. That's always interesting. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's cool that he's going to go get the bag. Any guy like that, it's like, hey, go get your money. Uh, go get paid. He's 28. Go get that deal. He'll get paid because uh, oh, yeah. of what he brings, and it's not a big free agency class. So he'll be in one of those top kind of sought out after guys. So it'll be interesting to see if Sacramento matches and still tries to work out to sign and trade, but it's going to be harder on the Bucks. They might even have to give away more to make the money work. No, definitely. Um, oh, hey, and also, guys, one of the probably the best trade of the night uh, of the last few days was the Sixers unloading Al Horford's horrendous contract, uh, which I don't think anybody thought they were going to be able to do in, in any sort of smooth way. They did that and uh, were able to get back Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson, which, I mean, Danny Green took a lot of heat. I know, uh, Matt, I'm glad you're, you know, you're just glad that he's off your roster. Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, he's going to go to the Sixers and he's going to fill a role that they desperately needed filled last year. Uh, so that's it. They immediately, they traded something they didn't need for something they do need. They uh, also traded Josh Richardson. Um, and But that only helps because, uh, or Terrence Ferguson acquiring him helps kind of cover that. Uh, both long rangey athletic guys who are there to primarily defend. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, the Sixers then acquired a Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, which is wild. Uh, Seth Curry, big. Seth Curry's Doc's uh, son-in-law, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, he went from coaching the guy who cheated on his daughter to now to trading for on a new team his uh, his sister's current uh, uh, current husband. So that or his, uh, Doc just likes to keep the yeah. family around some way. Yeah, no, somehow. Weird way, man. It's like, hey, man, <laughs> you want to go out on the road? No, man, come hang out with uh, in my hotel room. We'll like read the Bible or something. Uh, do not <laughs> like you better not do anything sketchy like Paul George did. I will not have it. Right. But I will say this, um, you know, I'm everybody knows I'm a Celtics fan, so it's it's bleed green to the death of me for various reasons. As you know, I'm also Nigerian. Yeah. But what Philly did um, last night uh, during draft night was was solid. They addressed a big big need, which was shooting. They needed shooting. Yeah. I mean, we saw how badly it hurt them uh, last season. This past season. When they got rid of J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler, they didn't have anybody who can really create their own shot or who can just hit a wide-open shot. And then when uh, Ben Simmons went down, you know, they lost that playmaking. It even exposed the lack of shooting even more, as you saw in that first round versus the Celtics, where Embiid was going to get his. Embiid averaged damn near 30. That's fine. But no one else could buy a bucket. I mean, Tobias Harris didn't hit his first three until game four of that series in which they got swept. No, yeah, it was you know? over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like this is a solid move. Having Seth Curry come off the bench or even start, for that matter, you know he can get you buckets. And we saw it even during the postseason that this man can all of a sudden turn into his big brother, Steph. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, so it's it's great. Um, getting Danny Green, yes, we give Danny Green flack for what uh, for his absence during um, the last season for the Lakers. And like you mentioned earlier, Riley and Matt, again, I know you must be happy. A lot of Lakers fans are happy to be done with that. If you know, he, we're not. They're not asking much for him. They just say, "Hey, we just need you to shoot. That's it." Just and also, just the shoot. pressure's off. Three, the cameras are going to be off you, Tad. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it works. It works out. I really like what Philly did. They added some shooters. I really like them adding Seth Curry, um, and the going back to bringing in Doc is is really good because for a guy like Tobias Harris who struggled last year, he had some of his highest production under Doc when he was a Clipper. Yeah, definitely. Um, he had some of his best. So I think bringing in Doc also helps. Hey, is this going to help Tobias be who we brought him in to be? Add some shooters around. I really like what the Sixers did. That's a good point. That's a good point. I totally forgot about that uh, Doc Rivers-Tobias Harris connection. I mean, that's what got Harris the bag uh, really from yeah. Philly was the fact oh. that how he performed uh, under Doc in, uh, in L.A. So good call on that. Good call on that. Yeah, and speaking of Danny Green uh, leaving the Lakers, uh, who they got in return for him is uh, Dennis Schroeder from OKC. Matt, as a as a, a Laker fan, what did you think of that deal when you saw it? Not just the Danny Green being off the team, but uh, but also who you got in return. I think we got a really good deal on Dennis Schroeder. I mean, we just we got Danny Green off um, and just really replaced him. We traded the twenty eighth pick which had some value, but again, that's not a, a big, big pick. And so I like getting uh, Dennis. I think he is a, a really good scorer that whether we start him, he'll get starter minutes, uh, whether he comes off the bench or starts. Fi- they're trying to figure out, I guess, Avery Bradley and if he'll come back. Um, but Schroeder is a guy, if LeBron goes out and AD goes out, who can come in and score, but he has no problem being the third scorer on the team. And he's not afraid of the moment whatsoever. He's he's one of those guys. He's pretty fearless out there. He's yeah. uh, a little antagonizing at times, which you need. When uh, it came which... to when it came to OKC last year, he had the most um, like fourth quarter. I think it was points. Like yeah. in clutch moments, Dennis Schroeder had the most points, even over CP3. So my question though is um, because Dennis Schroeder can be a solid playmaker, and as you guys said, a solid uh, scorer. Does this mean what does this mean for the likes of retaining Rondo? Um, because I can see Dennis just being your number one, uh, number one, you know, like you start him, uh, alongside with LeBron and AD. Um, if you guys keep Avery Bradley, you start him at the two. If you don't, well, you have Caruso, you can slide in there if need be. But does this, does this help or hurt the Rondo situation? I think they saw it as Rondo was on his way out. I know we've heard things from the Hawks and the Clippers and and other teams um, that are that are pursuing Rondo. Um, and I think the Lakers kind of this was the goodbye Rondo. We're going to bring in Schroeder to replace you. Um, so that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think that Rondo knows he's on the way out. Um, I think a couple of those Lakers guys know that they're on the way out. Uh, you know they they got the ring. You know once you once you get a ring, you feel better about going somewhere else. Maybe going and get oh, a bag, yeah. whatever you need to do, and that's fine. You know I mean. As long and as in this like, case, playoff Rondo. This is ring number two. So you know, like <laughs> Rondo, no matter what. But yeah, I think Schroeder's a great addition for the Lakers, especially for the twenty eight. Because I mean, yeah, back into the first round pick, of course that that's a valuable uh, capital. But at the same time, I mean, we know what Schroeder is. We know he's a at these at certain points he's played like a borderline all star. So. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think that's a great move for them. Um, we got, that's pretty much the trades that happened beforehand for the most part. Let's get into it here. Uh, the right off the bat, we had Anthony Edwards go number one, uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, do you think that was the right call for them? 
Well, keep in mind that this move was made before Ricky was sent back to Mini. So yeah. when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, you know, it kind of made sense. For me, it didn't make sense to bring in someone like LaMelo because you have a D-load already. So going Anthony Edwards, like, he's called the Ant-Man. His dad named him Ant-Man. You know, he's a highlight tape. And that's going to be great for the playmaker that D'Lo has started to become, but still the offensive presence that they have. So we already know offensively, this team is going to get buckets. They're going to score a lot. They'll probably be top five, top 10 in um, points per game. Uh, However, now with that uh, Ricky Rubio trade, you can slide um, Edwards to the three. Uh, Overall, my concern is that interview that he had where you could tell it was like, eh, you know, basketball, he, he appreciates it, but it's not, it's not really, it doesn't seem like a top priority to him. And it made me think back to Kyrie and how we always look at Kyrie and say that he's the type of guy that might just call it a day before he hits 30 <laughs> or before, like, yeah, call it like, early. I can see that with Edwards. There's something to be said about guys who just don't. I mean, because now, obviously, especially with Kobe's passing, it's really highlighted the fact that, like, if you want to be great in the NBA, you have to – it has to be an obsession. Like, it has to it has to be your your true calling. And if it's not, I mean, there's always that room for, you know, the outside world to get in, which is fine. I mean, you can live your life how you want to live it. But also, you know, if I'm a team – if I'm running a team, that does give me pause for sure. I want guys who are all in in that sense. Um, but I think he's a great player. I think – I mean, either way, he's going to be uh, – he, he, he has the potential to be something really, really amazing um, on, on offense and defense. So I hope that he figures that out. Uh, and also, I just, I, like I said, I just don't enjoy the fit of the Timberwolves. I don't like where the team's headed. I think as far as fit goes for anybody, I just don't, I didn't like the Timberwolves for anybody really, but um, <laughs> I, I think that the, uh, the Edwards is going to. I, I don't blame you on that one. It, Cause again, like they haven't done anything in 15 plus years. So like what, it, something's got to give. Ever since the Jimmy Butler situation, and even before that, I always looked at Cat as someone that's just soft. And then yeah. Jimmy Butler further defined that notion. And it's like, yo, this guy Cat is talented. He he can score for sure. But this team, he's not someone to lead this team. This no. team doesn't have a leader. So where are they going? I agree with you guys. There's no identity to this team. I feel bad for Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he'll get he'll get some good minutes on this team, but I think it's going to help. It's I mean, it's going to hurt his development not having a good leader to help him. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo um, are very talented, but they're not good leaders. Oh, he'll uh, have fun. He'll have fun. But like again, in conjunction with. The interview that he had and the way that roster is and the lack of leadership, I could see him like not even taking the season seriously. Like it'll be too yeah, fun. Well, that's that's you know? what I'm saying. I think is a guy who's who tends to lack focus basically on the game of basketball is going to be surrounded by guys who maybe I mean they're obviously working hard to get better. They're obviously in the gym. They're working hard, but they're not working on the right things. They're working on getting buckets. They're working on uh, getting the stats up, but they're not, I mean you have to play defense to win, to win anything. And the culture there is always seems to be under Carl Anthony Towns around him. That's as long as I'm getting my 2010 and whatever, but Hey, if we're not winning, it's ever, it's, you know, I'm doing everything I can do, even if that's not the case. So that's a yeah. scary place to be. I will say I do like, uh, well, actually I will say I'm really bummed that Jaden McDaniels ended up there. 
uh, from UW. Uh, again, he, it's really weird because he has the same type of potential uh, as Edwards, and it's very similar. As far, I mean, McDaniels almost has more. He's four inches taller. He's much longer. Um, uh, he's he literally. If you watch Jaden McDaniels on film, he when he shoots pull up jumpers, he looks like Durant. And I'm not just saying that like oh he's Kevin Durant. I'm saying he looks just like Kevin Durant shooting a jumper. And it's like when you watch me U Dub when they did you know their record was so poor. You'd see him. Basically, it's like it's like no one told him. No one ever told him. Has ever said to him like, "Hey man, you you look like Durant when you shoot. No one can stop you. Go get it every time." You know, it's like it's, it's the same lack of kind of focus as I think Edwards is going to suffer with. But I think I mean they have, they drafted two guys in that sense that are going to be out, outrageously. The potential is going to be there from day one. It's a matter of if the coaching uh, is going to be there and if the culture is going to support them. Uh, I do like Balmero too, partly because his uh. Uh, when he got drafted by the Knicks, uh, when they announced him, the, the Knicks uh, fan base, everyone, every Knicks fan I've ever known went insane. Uh, they were like, upset. what? They were so upset about it. Uh, I do like him, though. The kid seems like a young Ginobili. And I know he's from Argentina, so that's like what everyone's supposed to say. That's what everyone compares but it his, to. But his game, yeah, but his game, the, film, the game is very smooth. And you can tell that he's watched a lot of Manny Ginobili growing up. And it's, uh, he played under his brother. Yeah. Uh, Manny's brother coached him uh, in Argentina. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean that that's a that's a really interesting pick in itself. Just as far as uh, especially he played at Barcelona and uh, uh, Ricky Rubio played uh, for Real Madrid. So there's an idea that they will be able to bond together in the very least, and understanding that they both played, uh, you know, they both come from the uh, from the Spanish league. So well, we do have to note this: they might not play together because uh, Balmaro, if that's how you say it, he's committed to playing this season still in Europe. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely still um, a uh, he's still a so, yeah, so he still has an entire year before he comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys. And the number two pick was uh, – and first of all, I guess we should say from the Warriors, man, just shout out to Clay Thompson who has uh, been confirmed this morning that he has a torn Achilles and he will be out yeah. for the season, which is uh, – I know for all of us, I mean, who've wanted to see the Splash Brothers get back to what they do, that's uh, that's heartbreaking stuff. Um, Big blow because it's, it's the – Right leg. He tore his ACL in the left leg, and now to tear the Achilles in the right leg is just like, oh. yeah. Uh, and, and during a workout too, it's not like he was out. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean, well, the first thing I thought of when I heard it too was when he hurt his knee. Remember how he came out and like tried to play? Like he had a torn yeah. ACL. Yeah. He came out yeah. and was like trying to play, and he was gonna play on it. If they wouldn't have stopped him, he's out there trying to play. Uh, and yeah. and I, and he seemed fine. Like in his mental, he seemed like he had it. So. Uh, to see that and then understand that, uh, to know that from that point on, he's had to go through what he's had to go through. And now when he's supposed to be back and all the all the questions and all the waiting and all the hours spent on rehab and whatnot, for him to do something worse uh, um, before he can get a game back in, that's a, that's a heartbreaking thing for any basketball fan to, to have to see. I mean, on the, on the positive note, what we can look at this in, in the positive uh, light is the fact that the type of player he is – he can. He still has longevity. You know, sure, he's a yeah. shooter. He's a catch and shoot person. So, if he was more of like a Westbrook or yeah. a Demar Derozan, sure. this injury would be completely like you know what we're we're starting to write his uh, eulogy as in you know this guy. His his, his, his worst case is late late stage Ray Allen. Yeah. So and yeah. and that's he's still productive. Yeah, which still works. So. <laughs> So we just, you know, prayers to him, and hopefully we saw how he was hitting rehab 
off the torn ACL. So we know he has the the mental capacity to hit rehab after the Achilles for sure. Yeah, I would and not want to see him when he's back. I would not <laughs> want to see him when he's back, man. That, that first game when he does come back, he's going to be chomping at the bit. Oh, he, he's chopping uh, 50 in two quarters. Yeah. <laughs> he's chopping 50 he'll in two quarters. Three, he'll take three dribbles the whole time <laughs> and I'll score that. Uh, hey, but the Warriors did it. Number two, they took James Wiseman, which I think a lot of people thought they were going to do. I think that was the guy that was high up on their list. I kind of hope they'd sneak in with Denny after the Clay news. But as uh, Matt, you said last night, and I know it's, it was a sentiment carried by the uh, analysts too, is that they shouldn't panic uh, and, and sway from their draft uh, plan just because they got the news that they did. And I think that Wiseman's going to be a hell of a player for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the copied me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it was them first. I will admit, though, I kind of expected, um, you know, again, coming into this draft, we all realized that it wasn't going to be the draft that you found your franchise player in. It was more the draft where you found solid role players, maybe all-star level um, players to fill out your roster. And the two exciting things about this draft, um, for me as just a basketball fan, was where does LaMelo go? And then... Who does what does Golden State do with that number two pick? And I thought that Golden State would likely trade it for a star. You know, in my head, I was thinking like, man, they could send this pick to Philly and maybe grab Embiid, and that's big. You know, especially at the time this was before Clay got hurt. You would have Steph, Clay, whether you keep Wiggins or not, that's a possibility. Draymond, Embiid, that's a scary start in five. You know, in the sense of. That's a starting five that can score. That's a starting five that can play defense. Do you think Embiid really can like fit in, in this culture, though? Do you think Embiid can realistically fit in with the Warriors culture? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, in a sense of, like... As a jokester who doesn't always take things seriously. Oh, for sure. You can question that. But then you look at him uh, from last season to seasons prior is that his, especially his social media presence, he's cut that down. He's been less of a jokester as the years have gone on. When he first came into the league, my man was, you know, constantly tweeting at Rihanna. Yeah, that was uh, enough to, to laugh about. Yeah, so like, <laughs> you know, maybe reality finally hit him and like, I mean, what you was so funny. Exactly. Um, but last season he was less of a jokester than before, so I could definitely see him fit him better in with Golden State. And at the end of the day, I think when you have a culture of winning that Golden State had built. It, it appeases some issues. And for Embiid, I mean, you look at his situation, the frustration with not being able to stay healthy, although he's been able to do that the last two years, the fact that they just can't win. They can't win. If you go to Golden State, you know, like, look, at this point, we're a serious threat. Like, people will take us seriously. I think that that could have been great for his mental. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. The clay news ended up happening. And they selected Wiseman, which was a good pick overall. Good pick. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. Uh, I wouldn't have liked him be there. I've said that before in the podcast. I don't think I. Yeah, I, I just don't. I think you're right. I think like hopefully that with a winning culture, you hope a guy adapts. But I just there's something about certain guys and the, what they give off the mentally a lot of the time. I'm just not. I'm not sold that Embiid could join a team with that winning culture, and be able to forego his ego enough to actually. Uh, do that I think he's got a little bit of shack in him you know what I mean where it's like it's like yeah I want to win but also remember who I am more so you know what I mean yeah. so that's I've been hey I mean I'm 
Yeah. That didn't come to that didn't come to pass. And I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad they went Wiseman. I think Wiseman's been the big that they've been searching for to fill that role for a long time. They've tried with uh, Looney. They've tried, um, geez, you could name like probably 10 different dudes that they've had that have been long athletic centers who they really just want to run the floor, rebound, block shots, but they just have never quite found the right fit. And I think that he is that guy to a major degree. So it really sucks that Clay's yeah. out because I would have loved to see him just thrown into the mix, um, what he would have brought. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just, we just haven't seen him on tape enough. I want to see him. I want to see him really play because I think that he's going to be a surprise in the draft for sure. Like you said, maybe not a maybe not an all star, but I think he's a solid starting center because he fits the new age center. So uh, yeah, I think he'll be a top ten center pretty quick. Um, yeah, also, I, I love this move. I yeah, love it by the Warriors. Oh, absolutely, and I think uh, it was cool they grabbed Nico Mannion from Arizona. Uh, that's a kid I could not place as far as like, I didn't think he'd go first round, which he didn't, but I did not. I was not sure what team was going to take him. I wasn't sure where he'd go, uh, you know, or what uh, situation he did, he would end up in. But I think that's a, not a bad place for him to be. Yeah, he, he he's in a great place. You saw me literally messaging you guys last night, man, can the Lakers buy a second round pick and draft and draft him? Because Nico, I, I, I have some hopes in him, but this Weissman, pickup I think was one of the best in the draft when we're talking fit wise and skill wise um, Weissman is going to fit in great I think he's going to just learn from that culture so much I think he'll be an all-star in in four years like between now and four year mark as a center Um, because especially he's really been working on a shot I watched interviews with Penny Hardaway who was his high school coach and his college coach so has known him for a very long time and just been really working. Uh, Penny said that he kind of raised him up to be a guard. So working on his vision, uh, his shot, his his ball handling skills. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Warriors use him and how he fits in that culture to play without the ball. Yeah, and also real quick, the you're very right. And then when it comes to Nico too, it's interesting about that. Is I mean, he's a a young guard from Arizona, which is what Steve Kerr was once upon a time. I think that also will help a lot. Uh, and just to throw in the last second here, the Justinian Jessup from Boise State. He's a six foot seven senior guard, one of the best shooters in the draft. I was saying, to what a him, name! What a name! That, that kid, especially with Clay going down, I think that that kid's going to get some NBA run just to get some shots up, a la Duncan Robinson. Uh, I think I think if there was a guy who could pull a Duncan Robinson type ascension from pretty much nobody knowing who they are to being a household name, I think that kid's gonna do it. Um, yeah, I mean maybe not, but I have a, I have a good feeling on that one. Uh, that name, that kid, I just need to see that name in bright lights. Yeah, and the interesting thing about Nico too is, I mean, just a year ago he was talked about as possibly being a lottery pick. Yeah, um, people saw that potential in him. Um, and so I think him learning from Steph Curry as well, man, I think he's really going to be a player in the NBA. One of those that we talk about got picked up in the second round, but developed into a nice role player for a team. Yeah. Uh, nice. So the Warriors, so that was, oh, and here's the, here's the big pick here, guys. This is the Hornets. I uh, got LaMelo ball at number three. Woo. Um, some say he's the best player in the draft. I think I would say that as well, as far as a guy that, has the most potential for sure to be a superstar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the fit with the Hornets under Michael Jordan? They got to trade a point guard because um, they have Rozier, who's getting that pretty heavy contract. Yeah. 
We got Graham, who played great last season for them. I I wouldn't trade Graham. I would trade Rozier. Yeah. Um, oh no way! Gra- to me, Graham last year should have been um, most improved player. You know, from year one to year two, he really balled out. And uh, unfortunately, you know, scary Terry wasn't really that scary last year. Um, so good for you that you guys didn't pay him. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, look. Let's let's you know, Riley. We we've had discussions about what Ainge does and the moves. You know, we talk about the IT situation, but let's be real. You look at the players that Ainge has shipped off. What have they done after Boston? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying he he does he knows what he's doing. I just think he's, <laughs> a, he's a soulless creature. But as far as, no, I mean, yeah, getting rid of Terry when there was thought of him resigning, it was because it was him and Marcus Smart. It was like, oh, you, what are you going to do with these guys? And I was like, well, obviously you throw money at Smart, and you guys ended up, and even then that took some time for him to sign. Yeah, that uh, did that, take time. I'm glad you did because I think that helped you guys this season. He hit some huge shots in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. shooting like, for like nobody's business out of nowhere. But uh, oh yeah. yeah but, but when Terry left, I was like, good for you guys. I don't really enjoy Kemba that much on your team, and from what I can tell. Uh, there's been talk of him, you know, them trying to trade him for something. But um, I think of the two, obviously, if you can have uh, Kemba instead of Terry, that, you do that in a heartbeat. Because I think Terry's really a backup point guard. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, if you can convince Terry to, you know, to be that to be a sixth man like he kind of was in Boston, sure. Then you do that and you have Lamelo, you have Graham. I think that's a great uh, young uh, front or backcourt to have. But, yeah, oh, that's yeah, it. Uh, I mean, that's uh, yeah, I like those two together because Graham can shoot the ball really well. We know that was Lamelo's biggest question mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, was his jump shot. So I think you have those guys. But if I'm Charlotte, I'm giving uh, Lamelo the keys, saying you got Bridges, you got Graham, you got PJ Washington. Yeah, a lot um, of good young players. I want you to. Players. Here's the keys: run the show. You're the point guard. You you have incredible vision. You're six seven. Um, make everybody look really good. I mean, one thing's for sure is that it's, they, they will sell tickets. They're going to sell tickets yeah. with this. With and this that was move. the biggest thing. You have to know that. You have to assume that's what Jordan was thinking first. Yeah. Like, we have to sell tickets. We, we need a spark again because, I mean, once Kemba was gone, Kemba was a, was a flickering light. And I'm not trying to diss him at all. I'm saying that, like, mm-hmm. he was a flickering light as far as excitement goes in that city and for that team. And he was – but he was the only one. Uh, and yeah. he did everything he could there. But LaMelo is the first guy they've had in a long, long time that is going to actually be able to come in, and people are going to be psyched to buy the oh, jersey. Yeah. Oh, they're going – you know what? If Depending on how the world is looking when the season starts, if we can get fans back in, that first home game is going to – It's whew, they're going to have a lot of seats filled, just people wanting to see LaMelo in action. Like, we're expecting LaMelo to start day one. Oh, yeah, really for sure. I, I don't think it's even a question. And that's what's scary is that Terry Rozier making all that money – what am I going to be like? What am I doing? Because if you're yeah. you draft a point guard to obviously replace me, what's the move? So if Terry can be a team player, Terry's a great six man. You bring him in to just be the spark plug off the bench. And that's a solid place for him to be. That's, I think that's his best role for sure. Or if you can get rid of him, and uh, get rid of that money that also helps. But if he's stuck there, which I think he might be, I think if he can accept a six man role, I think they're a much better st- team because uh, yeah, I think that's just a great call. I am worried well, about. I could see the Knicks taking Terry. Yeah, but the Knicks will take literally anybody at this point. So. <laughs> well, the Knicks, the Knicks are in a unique spot, and um, I mean, we'll we'll talk about them more as we uh, go further down the list. So I'll, I'll save my opinions regarding them. 
Well, you know, something about the Hornets as well. They didn't just get LaMelo. What they also did is they they got Vernon Carey from Duke. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a 2010 guy. That's a ACC newcomer of the year. That's uh, yeah, he is definitely a guy who will give them a front court presence, which they didn't really have on offense. Uh, guys, you know, had PJ Washington, but you had another big young body who will really just run the floor well. First of all, and can replace Biombo, which who yep. was overpaid oh, yeah. for just at, for one game of grabbing twenty six boards. Yeah, like this is done. they needed to make this move. <laughs> they yeah. really did. They did a great job by getting carried, but they also got Nick Richards too, who is the, pretty much the defensive version of that. He can score a little bit if need be, but he's got going to clean up the boards for you. Both those guys carry leaning, leaning a little more offensively. Uh, Richards a little more defensively. Uh, great additions, I think. And also they got Grant Riller uh, from Charleston, who's a senior point guard for those guys. He's a, That's who, uh, that's that, who uh, Sean wanted on the Clippers. Yeah, exactly. And, and if, Sean, if Sean wanted somebody on his team, uh, first of all, chances are they didn't end up there, but they should have been because Sean knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, just being a Clippers fan, it just never quite works out that way. But, um, yeah, but no, so, I mean, Charlotte, I mean, talk about an A-plus draft. These guys, they did everything they needed to do. Uh, they got the star. They got pieces that they needed. They, uh, they even got a value pick in Riller. So that's uh, – yeah, shout-out to the Hornets. I just hope Michael Jordan doesn't absolutely ruin that. Yeah. I'd, I can't wait. I want to know if LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan are ever in the same room together, whether Michael's like, absolutely not for any reason. They better sell five $10 tickets to watch them play one-on-one and televise that. Um, Could you imagine? Oh, they would make if, – if Michael Jordan oh, wants to make yeah. some money, that is a way to do some – make some money. But it is interesting they did draft two point guards in this draft with their already multiple point cards they have. I see them maybe trying to get off of Rozier, but we'll see. Writing may be on the wall, Matt. It may be on the wall. Well, but, is it possible that you slide um, Graham to the three now that we're in the era of positionless basketball? So yeah. if you wanted to, could you slide Graham to the three – have Rozier at the one or the two. I I believe you sh- it would be better to have him at the one because Lamelo is bigger and taller, and yeah. then Lamelo at the two, and then you have um, at the four PJ Washington and at the five uh, Vernon Casey. You know that's possible lineup that you can run if you end up keeping Rozier. It's interesting though because Devonte Graham he's six one, so he is he is undersized. Yeah, uh, if, if anything, if we're talking who's going to guard who, I, I think that. Uh, Lamelo would have to guard probably the the, the three in that situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like you said, also I mean positionless stuff. I mean Nick Richards can guard a few different positions uh, for how for how big he is, how strong he is. Uh, yeah. So if we're going towards positionless basketball, which we are, I think that that's they have a lot of interesting pieces. It's really just about how they're going to apply that and if guys can accept the roles once they do figure it out. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I said, there's a lot of egos there. Uh, Lamelo's going to have an ego. Carey's going to have an ego. Richards, uh, you know, even even Riller comes in there. I mean, that's a you know, you're a four-year player, and he knows he's good. You know, there's guys like that. If, you, if you've you been four years in a mid-major, you've been dominating the whole time. I mean, you're carrying a level of confidence there where it's like, I don't care who I'm playing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to be fine. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Hornets got four guys who could easily make their roster, so that's always lovely. Uh, Michael Gibson's favorite. Uh, favorite. Oh, segment. man, I'm glad I'm not a Bulls fan. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, I gave him an F-minus on Facebook, and Gibson <laughs> told me to get out of here. So here's the thing. The Bulls took Patrick Williams from Florida State, uh, 6'8 freshman. He's, I think, the second youngest player in the draft. Um, and it seemed like a big reach. I, and I will admit, even with the, what I did uh, research on him, I thought it was a reach, too. But from what I've been reading since the draft and understanding that apparently teams did have him pretty high, 
um, just just straight on potential. I mean, there's guys sitting there at four who could have helped them um, immediately. But uh, yeah, I guess they were thinking long term. And yeah, I mean, Billy Donovan knows how to develop young players. So if they if they have if they see some crazy potential in this kid, um, then yeah, I mean, how how do you guys think Michael Gibson sh- should feel about this? Well, Gibson is the type to complain on draft night, and then the next day he's their biggest fan. Yes. <laughs> yes call, him the, out, call him out, Matt. Call him out. Yeah, I can call him out because we're friends in real life. Uh, we went to church together back in Riverside. Um, and so that's, 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 how, that's how he is online. Um, I, love, I love how Matt always prefaces uh, after he calls out someone by saying, but hey, wait, understand, we're friends. So this is not <laughs> out of a... This is yeah. not out of a place of, of hatred or, or yeah, not ridicule. Out of we are yeah, not, out of, not out of malice, but but he gets uh, very uh, into his emotions on Facebook. He does. And so um, I, I don't think this was a good pick for Chicago. I think there was much better picks. Even I think there was better 3 and D guys out there. I think they went solely off of potential and what could be um, based off of that and and so it was a big reach. In my opinion, I thought maybe trade back a couple spots at least. Maybe Detroit would want to jump up at that four pick and you jump down to seven and you could still get the same player in a future pick or something. Um, but, yeah, I just think four is a very high spot to go off of off of what Riley told me yesterday, right? What He averaged nine points off the bench. He was a six four. man. He didn't start a game. Yeah, he well- didn't so there, there are a couple of things about that, and I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. Like, again, this draft isn't the draft where you're looking for your franchise player. You know, you're looking for a role player. Most of these guys are going to be role players. A few of them will be all-stars. You may have one star. Um, I mean, it's likely you'll have the one-star LaMelo. You may have two, maybe three. Who knows? But when you look at Patrick, Patrick Williams and what he did, Keep in mind, even though Zach Levine was drafted 13th, he also only averaged nine points off the bench for UCLA. And look at him now, you yeah. know? Yeah, very true. So I, I won't completely write it off. Um, Again, the, there's new management in, ta- in town for Chicago for the most part. So it'll be interesting to see how they are going to build this. Because with free agency starting, there are still plenty of moves to be made, you know? And like you mentioned, Riley, a lot of apparently a good number of teams were really high on this player. So while, yes, they could have traded back, there's apparently it's possibility that he would have been gone. So this was like, yo, we got to get our guy now, even though this is a reach. You know, if this was a draft class like last year or whatnot, we'd definitely be clowning the hell out of this pick. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> you what? passed up a hella talent just for this guy? Like, nah, 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 nah. But because that, this draft wasn't that case. I'm I'm willing to see how what they make of it. So I won't I won't give them a F minus. I'll give them a C. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's not like they're winning tomorrow anyway, you know. So yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're about as likely to win uh, a championship as my Sonics are in the next couple of years. So uh, shout out True. to my Chris, I'm very sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, at uh, at five, the Cavs went with Isaac Okoro. Um, who is uh one and done guy again. It's one of those guys, again, where people thought about the idea of potential compared to immediate production. Uh, I think Okoro's uh, like, he's one of the guys that I think is really could blossom into something serious. I would really believe that even more if he didn't end up in Cleveland. Um, Cause I, I think that's one of the worst places for a young player to go. Man, man. Um, so, you know, 
as a Nigerian, I'm super happy for Okoro and all the Nigerians that ended up getting and drafted. How, how many, how many about, were there in? A total of 10 because I'm counting Naismith in there thanks to his family photos that they share. So we we 10 Nigerians were drafted. Doesn't hurt that he's um, a Celtic now, yeah? <laughs> especially now he's a Celtic. You know, he's already drafted that green. One of the one Nigerian guy who, uh, who just got drafted as a Celtic. I mean, he counts. <laughs> So, but I was I was online on on the PS4 with Rob, um, with Roberto of Diamond Talk, and I was talking. I was like, "Look, I honestly don't care about this cash pick. Like, I'm not even gonna pay attention to this. Let me go play a game of COD, because like, as happy as I am for Carl, I'm not excited about him being in Cleveland. It's just like, <sighs> it's yeah. It, it, that, that's the only way to describe it. It's literally that. There's no words for that. It's just, yeah. Because uh, you know, it's like you know the owners, the ownership's gonna wreck them. You know how it is with uh, it's the it's the Knicks situation, similar stuff. I mean, they take these young guys. I mean, look at the, I mean, talk about Darius Garland, Sexton, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who apparently just uh, ran into some sort of gun charge. So hopefully he gets out of that clean. I know he's been having some troubles. Social media, there's people worried about him too. I just it's a place where you go, and there is you talk about a lack of leadership. I mean, Kevin Love, you know, obviously he's a great guy, but that team, there's no. There's no one on that team showing the kids the ropes. You know what I mean? There's no one showing them how to be professionals or how to come at the game the right way. Um, so, yeah, I don't – yeah, it sucks because I think that he has a lot of potential. Like, I think he could be yeah. so good. But uh, – and I think he fits in. I mean, he does – he fits into a spot where all they're going to ask him to do really off rip is play defense as best you can. He's one of the better defenders in the draft. Um, and then we'll, you know, let you score as you, as you come along here. They're not going to run a lot of plays for him, but – uh, yeah, so I mean, that's I think I just summed up that pick, guys. We're we're upset it's Cleveland. Uh, I hope the best for them. Um, yeah, but that's that is very rough. I was very upset. I'm always upset when I see that. Yeah, they, <laughs> they needed a wing. They went and got a wing. Um, and and so they, I think, I think he'll turn Good into a, a good role player. Um, but do we want to? We're not going to go through all of them, right? Do we want to say some of our favorite ones? Um, or some steals. Uh yeah sure. Well, this goes to the next one, but one of my favorite players was uh Oken from USC. Played at Chino Hills Conrad. with Lonzo, with Lamelo and Lonzo. Um, yeah, that was a good into, pick. I think he'll turn into a really really good player. And interesting to see what Atlanta does with him. And they have Capella and they have um John Collins. Um, so it'll be interesting to see see they have a pretty good lineup there. But interesting to see him and Trey run some really good pick and rolls because because he's good for that. Well, the Atlanta situation doesn't isn't Capella looking for um or who's looking for a bag? Was it Capella that's looking for a big bag or no, just, someone he, else? He still got two more years, I believe. Okay, and a player option on the third. It's someone else who's looking for a Capella. Like, oh no, it was Jared Allen looking for a Capella like contract. Never mind. Um, but yeah, there is an odd man out in that situation, you know, and the thing is you, they're all young. So it's not like, oh, there's a veteran that we're going to kind of let slide. Cause Capella is still a young cat. Um, I just don't know because leading up to the draft, there was talk that the seas would grab him, that we thought he would fall later and that he would be a good fit for us to, um, put at the four or even at the five when we play small ball. But Definitely a good pickup for the Hawks because you know we're looking at Atlanta and we're like, all right, your franchise player is Trey is Trey Young. Now, how are you going to continue to build around him so you can be something? 
you know? Yeah, because he's he, he's never going to win a championship on his own. Like, he's a guy you have to surround. He's going to score, and he's going to score, and he's going to score. But, I mean, a lot there's a lot of guys that can score and score and score, and we don't see them win championships. And I think that, uh, yeah, I definitely think that he's going to need – he's the right players around him. I think they're doing a great job of doing that, and they're getting some really interesting players around him. I think their roster is uh, very, very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the pick a lot. And uh, it is crazy that, like, Lamella – and also his story is crazy too. I knew his older brother played with the balls, and I knew he did too, but I knew his older brother was the one that was really starring and starting when, when the Ball brothers were there. I had no idea he had passed away. Um, so that – yeah. yeah, that was sad. Horribly yeah, sad. That was yeah, I, I had no yeah. idea about that. because Last I had heard, he was going to play at Loyola, and so that's all I, I had not heard about him since. So I was very upset to hear about that. It is very cool that he is uh, – that uh, – Onyeka has come in and been able to uh, to kind of live that dream out. He wears his number uh, 21 for his brother. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, hey, guys, a huge reach that I didn't, like, enjoy at all was Killian Hayes going to the the Pistons. That was uh, – the fact that they left Tyrese Halliburton sitting there is wild. I think that's uh, – yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, Killian Hayes, you guys know who Abdul Gaddy is? You guys know that name? He used to no. play at Utah. He's, he's, he at one point was the number one player in high school. Like he was the number one overall guy uh, coming out. And then he went to UW and he had a knee injury, I believe. And then he's just is not athletic. He moves slowly, um, but he's very efficient, but he moves very slowly. And they're very similar players. I can't believe that they jumped ahead and grabbed that kid when uh, Tyrese Halliburton was there. It's the Pistons. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what it is. It's the Pistons. Uh, that, but they actually they had some good picks in the draft. Some other picks. Isaiah Stewart's uh, going to be great from UW. That's rad. But I was very upset to see him go there. He that's a <laughs> Cleveland. That's a Cleveland situation, man. Cleveland, Detroit. Uh, yeah, you, you hate to see it. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't hate the Hayes one as much as you, but I know we've talked about that before. Yeah, Hayes um, needs. He has to develop a jump shot. But and he moves. He's not your fastest, quickest player. He he does lead as a little more of a traditional point guard, though. Of he really sees the floor well. He's a good passer. It's going to be interesting to see him behind Derrick Rose. Yeah, um, they have one year left on Derrick Rose, who plays different. He's a scoring point guard. Hayes is more of your floor general. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he does in Detroit. Um, but I do think it was a reach too, especially with Hal Burton still up there, Obi Toppin still there, Denny still there. There were still some good players uh, they could have gone after. I was shocked. Obi Toppin though, good for him to get back to New York. Um, you know, like that's where he's from apparently. Uh, so that was very cool to see. Um, I mean, you just love to see hometown guys, and especially New Yorkers. It's just more fun that way to see that yeah. uh, i wish it was cole anthony obviously uh i think that would have been a really cool story considering that cole anthony had spike lee uh at his party basically like to watch him get drafted you know it's like a not a not a normal uh, college kid at all you know spike lee waiting to hopefully you know hoping you get drafted by the knicks which is wild i do you know let's talk about the the eighth pick i know a lot of people were uh clowning new york for this pick because of the plethora of power forwards that they supposedly have on roster. But when you look at the roster, you realize that they they do need a power forward. Because you look at Taj Gibson. Yeah. He's listed as a forward. But that's more of the backup center. Because the only person listed at center on that roster is Mitchell Robinson. No, for sure. And they're, Taj they're is be, too slow to be a power forward now. Yeah, they're going to get rid of uh, – They just let go of like half half their roster. Yeah, Portis is going to be gone. Yeah. Gibson will be gone. So there will be a spot for him. It's just funny. Harkless is, is gone. 
Yeah, Hark- oh. it, it was just so weird to see them add another guy that does similar things, especially when a guy like Denny was there, uh, Halliburton was there. I think that they, you know, they're always looking for it seems like a star, and then they had the uh, you know chance to grab. Well, I don't didn't. I like the Obi pick just because you got to remember this is MSG. You know, you got to sell tickets to and sure. I, I love Obi. I have no problem with Obi himself. I just looked at the Knicks and just went, man, like you could have had instead of like a guy who's going to sell tickets, you could add a guy that sells tickets. And could actually help transform your team a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, well, I'm we're not going to find the transformative player too much. But I, I do feel what you're saying, especially with what they did later with picking up Emmanuel quickly, which yeah. just a shooter. And then um, today, news uh, dropped that they are in talks to sign uh, Marcus Powell. Uh, not Marcus, Miles Powell oh, from cool. Seton Hall University. Yeah, that's a guy who slipped through the cracks. So I want to see where he'd end up. That's a great, great pick. There was a couple That's guys. That's a good like pickup. That. Yeah, Marcus Howard um, was. He, who did he go to? Someone finally picked him up, but he went undrafted as two as well. Marcus Howard from Marquette. Yeah, and he's the best. He's the best scorer, the numbers wise, in the in the country, I believe. So that's uh, yeah, there were some guys yeah, that slipped through the cracks a little bit that I was surprised by. The Knicks did wave Theo Pinson, Bobby Portis, Kenny Wooten, Taj Gibson, Elfrin Payton, and Wayne Ellington. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gibson. Oh, so they don't even have a backup center. Saying, oh, yeah, wow. Gibson. So yeah, they, so, I mean, they they got rid of them all, and so Obi Toppin. There's room for him. Uh, let's see. He's a big dunker. He's a he's. Oh, a, yeah. oh my goodness! Watching his highlights at Dayton. Oh, he even said he until his senior year in high school. And then he just fell in love with throwing it down. So there will be excitement in Madison's Square Garden. Oh, oh, absolutely. Even if he wins five games, Obi Toppin will do lots of dunking. Here's the thing, though, and this is where we kind of look at um, – when you look at the two picks that the Knicks made in this draft, the downside to both players is defense. Yeah. Um, Obi Toppin is not solid. He's not great defensively, especially against uh, bigger, more traditional centers because there were three games that I looked at film – where he did not, like, he was just abused defensively. And that was versus Kansas when he played uh, against uh, Udoka Azabuki. Yeah. Azabuki dropped 29 with on 12 and 15 and shooting. He's and slow. It's and he's a slow-footed dude. Yo, Udoka is 50 pounds heavier than Toppin and three inches taller. Yeah. He, he abused Obi. Then you look at his game versus UMass where he played against Trey Mitchell, a freshman. Trey Mitchell had 16 points, yes, on 5 of 13 shooting, but you look at the plays where he was scoring, he was actually embarrassing Obi, and he's 20 pounds heavier than Obi. And then against VCU, against Marcus Santos Silva, Santos Silva only had 12 points, but on 6 of 9 shooting, all against uh, Obi, and he's 30 pounds heavier and 2 inches smaller. So it's like, look, Obi, against smaller, against, like, Less muscular, heavier defenders, he'll abuse. But in the NBA, when you got a bang against the big boys, it's it's going to be an issue. But when you have a coach like Thibs, you know, defensively, I look at these guys, Obi and Emmanuel, I'm like, all right, defensively, Thibs will get them right. I'm not going to be too concerned and harp over that too much. But offensively, they got they got great uh, post presence, an exciting player in Obi, and definitely a great shooter. And Emmanuel, like I was surprised. This man Emmanuel is damn near automatic from three. Yeah, it's wild. I watch. I watched some film on him and was like shocked by how clean his shot is. Um, when it's off, it's just very wet. 
Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, yo, so the the finally, my guy Denny gets picked at nine. Drop took forever for him to get there, for him to get picked. Um, I thought he was going to drop to the Suns, and if that happened, they they did, I was gonna I was hoping so much he dropped to the Phoenix, um, because I think that kid's going to be the steal of that the draft. Um, obviously, uh, Matt, we know that James G thinks he is horrible. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he just watched a zero film on him. So, uh, you know, that was great. Uh, but I mean, no. Denny suffers from, you know, the, the stereotype about European, yeah. uh, players, you know, up until, up until Luca, it was like, eh, you know, or but then you be. have Luca and yeah, Luca falls out. So people constantly fluctuate. So it's tough. It's tough really to evaluate these European players because they're not playing this the typical style that we're used to, the typical style of ball. But you know, Denny watching film on him, Denny's nice. Yeah, he's, he's not nice. Luca. Like, he's not Luca, but he no. he has similar skills as far as yeah. what he's trying to do. He can he likes to play defense. And also I watched uh, I watched a, a thing about him, um, a big interview thing where he's watching film on himself, and it was crazy to watch him. Uh, he was really engaged on what makes on on his weaknesses and how to get better. And I think that if a kid that young is that focused on that and understands that you know there's always room for improvement, I think that's great. I will say the fit with him and John Wall and Beal, I don't like that so much, especially if they think he's going to come in and contribute right away. I don't know how much Wall and Beal are going to be like open to that. Uh, they kind of both they kind of both seem to be on their own like uh like revenge tours right now. It seems like and so I feel like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I need them to get it together because they are, have been one of the most disappointing teams in the last like three, four years, and sure. part it's partially due to health, the lack of health. Yeah. But even then, it's like when they are healthy, we've had games where Wall doesn't rise to occasion, and the pressure's on Beal. And last season, we saw even though he wasn't named to an All Star, or was no, what he wasn't, he didn't make any of the um any All NBA teams. Beal is is a bucket getter. You know, like you can rely on him to get you buckets. So this year, all of them healthy, they better make it work. They and, have to and, make it work. And Denny has the potential to help get him some easy buckets. And yeah, I hope I hope, I hope that, that comes I hope to give him opportunities. That's that's my only fear. I For hope sure. they get with Wall, Beal, uh, Rui, um, Hachimura, I hope they give him some chances to do what he does best. He fits in fine. I mean, he's the three man in those four guys, and I think that's I think that's important. I think that he has the potential to really help them out. Also, guys, they added Cassius Winston real late, which I just uh, you know I saw someone talking about this. It's it's every in every draft, people end up undervaluing these guys who played four years and proved they could play at a high level. At all, all four years it's the fred van vliet situation again it's those type of guys where winston's going to come in he's going to be a reliable backup point guard for them off the rip uh you know so if if you know when ball or when a wall needs a break uh he's gonna be able to come in and do that i root for him too uh you know i also see i saw um who was it uh nasir little from the portland trailblazers came out and he tweeted last night he said can can we normalize not only talking about please players darkest moments uh during the draft uh because i mean uh, i mean some of them Man. yes they're inspiring but i mean it, a lot of these kids it's it's you know what they had to overcome which of course that's a big part of it but i mean you know it's like maybe they don't want to think about their you know like in cash winston's case his, his brother committed suicide 
last year. And it's, you know, I we're mean, highlighting that on a day where, you know, it's the biggest night of his life. We're how you remember things, but it's, the it's, NFL drop. They did yeah, the same thing. It's, exactly. it's, it's just, they, they fetishize the, the, the dark moments of these, African American players, yeah, yeah, black players. It is not these the white players. It's really that. It's, it's, no, it's, you, you don't hear anything like that. Like yeah, when Peyton Pritchard got uh, dropped, out. I didn't hear anything about any yeah. sad moments. Yeah, like, no, all right, you know, he got dropped. Anything, he just was fine. But but even then, it's like if you wanted to find something, I'm sure that there was something for him. But it doesn't. Oh yeah, it's, it's not enough to you know get a feature. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's so weird. They're trying. It's TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. It's just like, like the same. Yeah. These guys are young kids. It's like, can we stop? Let them enjoy just the moment. Trying to make <laughs> it a, like a feel good story. Like, oh my yeah. goodness, their yeah. mom was a crackhead. Yeah, it's like um, it's a weird thing. It's like, not do that, guys, and move on to something positive. Yeah. Like, geez, it's like, hey, we, we'll we'll talk about that. You know, tomorrow. Bring that up tomorrow. Yeah. Not not you. Don't you bring it up. Let them bring it up if they want to. Because I'm I'm watching this like hype and like yo, yeah. We've seen the talent. Congratulations. I don't need to know anything about the personal hardship that you went through because I've seen that you put in the work and I'm happy for you in this moment. Yeah, because no matter I'm what you went through, you. you're here right now. You know, and exactly. And I, I know they're trying to highlight that, but there's 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 got to be a level to that where. Yeah, there has to be a level of enjoyment over the ratings at some point. That's not how it works. We know that. But the three of us as sound, sound of mind, sound of heart individuals would rather rather they focus more on the positive. But and yeah. the last one will go is the last top ten pick, and then we'll just start getting into some of the guys that we really enjoyed, some of the teams and we really enjoyed. But I was confused about this pick. Jalen Smith uh, to the young uh, power forward out of Maryland going to Phoenix. Yeah, we discussed – we were talking about Ubre earlier, and that's uh, – I don't understand if you, if I'm them, you trade that ten pick, uh, and then keep Ubre. I think I think a, a ten a number ten pick is worth a twenty a versatile uh, twenty points. Was it an option that they could have kept Ubre if they gave up the tenth pick? I have I mean, Ubre was one of the bigger no pieces, and I, the tenth pick I think would have been enough to 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 keep him. I, would, that, yeah. I just uh, don't know if it was an option. Maybe they said they wanted Ubre. As a part of the deal, yeah. I mean, but it, I mean it, we don't know that until more information comes out. But if that wasn't a a thing, man, keep Ubre. Get the tenth pick away and throw us another, you know, throw another player in, another random player in there. I mean, yeah, what, I, what I wish they would have done with this pick was go get Halliburton to be behind CP3. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and then you have a good young point guard to to put into the mix as well. Yeah, I, I, I think was, they don't. I think it was a major miss. I mean, like, like we're talking about, the window is Chris Paul has a certain window. Uh, Devin Booker on his contract has a certain window. You're trying to win right now. You can't. I mean, even guys that went right after him. Look at some of the guys that went right after him. Uh, Devin uh, Vassell from uh, Florida State, a uh, solid guy who could come in and start at the two guard for uh, or will get good minutes there uh, in San Antonio. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, you know that we know he's a potential star. Uh, Aaron uh, Nesmith, uh, the shooter from I mean, you're gonna tell me you couldn't have added that guy to uh, Phoenix's backcourt or Cole Anthony, guys like that. I just Matt, don't, you know, what after oh. watching Nesmith film, and if you're gonna move Ubre at the 10th pick, getting, getting Aaron would have been, you know, alongside Booker and Chris Paul because of just as a shooter for sure. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah. my goodness, I'm just confused about Jalen Smith because. He he's a center. Um, he'll play behind Aiton. 
who they're really trying to develop. It's just not the best fit. Um, it's, and it's, I didn't have him going at the. I had him more at like the fifteen to twenty range. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, hey, and I hope the best for him. I hope the kid comes out and has a great career, of course. But it's like that. Yeah, as far as far as you have a two two season window in my eyes to make it work uh, before things are going to have to get serious. And I think that that was a, a move that they might regret later, as far as a player they could have gotten. But I mean, hey, you know, we, we know more than or they know more than we do right now. Um, I will say so, guys. Let's just I'm going to start. Just uh, we'll go around in a little circle here and basically just say like uh, teams we thought did well or a, a pick that we really enjoyed. Um, really enjoyed seeing. Um, uh, Matt, go ahead. Give us a give us a guy that you were ex- uh, after out outside the top ten that you were excited to see. Oh man, I think Philadelphia hit on this one. I'm going at uh, twenty one. Uh, Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. Yeah, you were high on him um, too. You were high. I, I was high on him. Uh, a lot of people had him going a lot earlier on their uh, original boards. Um, he's just he's young. He can score the ball really really well. Uh, when we're talking about ceiling, his ceiling's way up high. Um, he's confident. And, and so he's confident. I think to get him at twenty one, um, I just hope that he he takes his time in Philly seriously, um, and they can they can build a winning culture in Philly because they got the pieces. They just added some good young pieces. Um, excited for Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I've t- I've talked a lot of trash about Philly in the last few months as far as their direction, what they're thinking, and even I have to admit that they did a, a literally outstanding job to get out, out to get out from under Horford's deal is again a miracle to do that, and then add you know the shooters you get in Danny Green and Seth Curry, and then uh, you know Maxey comes in and he's a he's he's a very confident, very almost cocky kid that's going to come in. He's not afraid of the moment whatsoever. And then even even Terrence Ferguson, if he stays on the roster, that's an athletic young defender. That uh, I'm pretty sure Terrence Ferguson's still only like 2021. 20, he's still so young. Uh, you know, they added a lot of good pieces for what they needed around uh, for Doc Rivers, and I think that's uh, yeah. So shout out to them because that's going into that, I would have said they were going to be much more of a mess at the end of the draft night, and they looked really good. Yeah, um, and then let me give one more. Let me give one more yeah. uh, real quick. Trey Jones to the San Antonio Spurs um, at 41. Oh, man. This oh, is who Mike said is one of the best point guards in the draft, or I think he did say the best point guard in the draft. A little bias there, but Trey Trey is a is a point guard who is going to fit in San Antonio so well. Um, that was a great second round pick of just a true point guard who plays really really good defense. In yeah, that and point talk about guard. a great spot. Talk about a great spot. I mean, him and a Vassal and him uh, going there. I mean, that's just defensively off the rip and they already have DeJounte Murray there. Trey Jones is an, is a fantastic defender. Uh, and Basil is going to be an, an amazing defender as well. Um, I mean, their, their, their young guards is very interesting. Yeah. I said it last night on the thread. Um, after, uh, we made our pick at 14th, like, look, whoever gets Trey Jones, even if he doesn't get drafted, which would be absurd is going to benefit a lot from grabbing this guy. Because I'm a big Duke fan, and so watching him, he was the leader of the team last year. Um, he on, came on back. Duke. He didn't yeah, have to he come came back. back. He, he stayed. Back. He did it. He stayed. I mean, and you got to keep in mind, his big brother, Tyus Jones, who is, I believe, in Minnesota. No, um, back up, he's in Memphis. Okay, he's in Memphis. Um, Trey is, is better than Tyus by far. Trey's better than Tyus. And like people, you said, I think if people think that he's oh, yeah. going to be similar because they, they're very similar builds. They're very similar oh, yeah. style. Trey Jones is much better, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, Trey Jones. And like you said, Matt, just like defensively, this is a guy who can lock, he can just get into a stance and give your opposing point guard or two guard, whoever you have him on, it can give him fits in, the, in the clutchest moments. I mean, if you recall, um, the uh, so two seasons ago, because he was part of Zion's class, you recall that game against Louisville where we came back by, by down like 19. Tyus Jones was crucial to that comeback defensively. He was crucial. And so, you know, I was... I was hoping that we could draft him at 26 because he was still there, and we did it. And I'm like, uh, you know what, I guess. All right. I think Tony was surprised that he was there, and they're like, we have to take him. Oh, yeah, had to be oh, yeah. Great spot for him. Great spot. Uh, hey, yo, a guy. Well, first of all, let's just get Tyrese Halliburton out of the way. Let's just mention that name. Crazy he fell to 12. Absolutely nuts. Uh, like it's it's nuts. He's there, but I think he's gonna blow up there. I th- no matter who they pair him with, whether it's Fox, uh, Healed, however they manage that, I think that's gonna be a very interesting backcourt. Now, uh, like you said, we're, as we move towards positionless basketball, I mean, those, I mean, yeah, they're just they're gonna have a lot of interesting guys who can score, facilitate. Fox um, and Halliburton, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Ayo, Cole Anthony, great to see him. Usually, I get upset when guys go to Orlando, just like I would Cleveland or Detroit. But he's going to thrive there because they're just going to hand him yeah, the ball yeah. and say, go be you. Um, and he's motivated. I don't know if you guys know how to follow him on Instagram. He had, within on draft night, he had two different uh, sponsored posts on his Instagram, like making money off them already. You know what I mean? Like he knows what's up business-wise. He had one where it was like a Chipotle ad where it's like, you know, him eating Chipotle going like, hey, you know, wh- what other meal am I going to enjoy on my big night? You know what I mean? Like Cole Anthony knows oh, what he's bro. doing. Uh, he already has the business aspect, the money aspect good. He's going to go in and he's going to get – now he's got a chip on his shoulder. He fell. He's also the son of Greg Anthony. Is he good enough? He didn't do well enough at UNC. Talk about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. And also he's one of those guys who some some like kids of famous NBA players, you can see that they don't have the drive to do that. They're comfortable in their laurels. They're like they don't need to, to be better, you know, and they don't have that chip. But he does. You can tell. Shout he, out to Michael Jordan's sons. Shout out yep, to them. Shout out to them. They're uh, they're on a on a couch uh, somewhere, cashing in Jordan checks, uh, like we all wish we could. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're great. And obviously, uh, Abe, we talked about Nesmith. Uh, Nesmith, like that guy. Yeah. Talk about a guy who's immediately going to come in for you guys and be. I mean, that's a that's a guy who's going to come in during the playoffs and score. I mean, because I'll be real. I'll be real. You know. Boston is has been known for hoarding draft picks, and for me as a fan, when we have multiple first round draft picks, I like the idea of maybe using one and trading the others. I don't like yeah. utilizing all of them. And you know, before we got the 14th pick, I was like, look, because we have the Gordon Hayward situation, which we should be finding out what we should be finding out the plans for that within the next 24 hours. Yeah, sometime, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm looking like, all right, I'm expecting us to trade the 14th pick. And they're like, and the Celtics. And I'm like, okay, so we're drafting someone. We took Naismith. I was like, all right, let me watch film on him. And I'm watching it. I'm like, yo, this guy, I mean, he averaged 23 points per game on 51% shooting. He shot 52% from three on 8.1 attempts. Like, this guy is automatic. When you watch his film, it's one of those things where he's a robot. He's a straight robot. Every shot, and he can create his shot. Yeah, no one, no like no one's gonna stop him from getting that shot off. He's he's just like crafty enough. Uh, he's gonna be nuts. Uh, yo, one guy we, oh sorry, one guy we have to mention, uh, precious guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's good. 
Talk about yeah, yeah. Bam, Bam Light, dude. That guy's gonna come yeah. in. He's gonna play. They're gonna have two Bam out of bios. Shout out to Nigeria. You know we produce some talent out here. It's, it's been a oh, while. <laughs> we are we are now producing talent consistently. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Oh, dude, it was great. I mean, talk about a pick where I where first my first thought was, are they gonna have, are they gonna have him there to eventually replace Bam? I was like, I hope not. But if they have both of those guys there, where you can basically, hey, Bam's tired, so you throw out his, you know, his. Is twin, it's important. I mean, that's, that's important because that's something we talked about during the postseason, and even when in in the finals, it was like, all right, when Bam goes to the bench, who's going to 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 be there to cause issues for AD and the Lakers? Yeah, what do you do? There was no one. So this was a great great move by Pat Riley and them to at least fill that void, assuming that well, you're still keeping Bam, you're not trying to ship him off. Yeah, you can't have that. So you guys, I will mention a couple more here before we before we get out of here. I oh. want to mention too the last two picks of the first round. I think are going to be huge players. Malachi Flynn, San Diego State, Tacoma, Washington's yeah. finest. Okay, uh, this kid, he is beast. He's going to fit in Toronto so well. Uh, totally. This is a Fred Van Van Vliet situation. I mean, the fact they drafted Malachi Flynn, that's going to. I want to see if if they re-sign Fred Van Vliet, then uh, if they or if they let him go, say he walks, they don't want to pay him. Um, Malachi Flynn's going to come in and give them give him exactly what Van Vliet did early on in his career. Um, yeah, he's wasn't a he Pac-12 player of the year. Uh, no, it wasn't Pac-12 player of the year. He did play at Wazoo. He, he did do a really great job over there. But he uh, when he came to San Diego State, he really blossomed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's one of those kids that is going to be – like the fact he went to the Raptors, like it was literally the perfect fit because coming in he was Fred Van Vliet to me. And so when they picked him, I was like, well, that makes total sense. And then Desmond Bain from TCU. Um, uh, it's crazy, actually. Abe, I thought you guys were going to keep him at first. So I thought you were going to have Bain, uh, Pritchard, and and uh, Nesmith, which would have been three of the best shooters in the draft. Almost. Look, you know how hype I would have been? I would be like, that's two Nigerians we got oh. on the squad, and Nesmith and Bain, like – Look, I, I mean, you see when I recorded on Olsen, Abe, I got the, the Nigerian flag on top yeah. of the green Celtics flag. Like, you know, just make me happy. And then we traded it. But, hey, I mean, and, and shout out to Memphis because they already have Dylan Brooks there, but he's, to me, is like their weakest link as far as their team goes so far. I think that Bain paired with uh, having Bain and Brooks there uh, around uh, Jot so they can uh, they can both hit open jumpers and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's going to be easy for them. Uh yeah, so shout out to those guys. And uh, guys, before we head out, let's get one each from uh from the second round uh that we think I gotta give the second rounder some love, I was gonna say before we left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Grubbs on the Clippers. Um Jake this Grubbs. is a guy we didn't see too much about because he came out of junior college. Uh that's where he played. Um, but really, really talented offensive player was supposed to go play at Louisville. Um, but grades kept him from going there. So instead of transferring to Louisville when he played at junior college, he just came into the NBA. And so he's going to be a really, really good scorer, I think, coming off the bench for the Clippers, uh, especially as they shipped out Shamit. I know they brought in Kennard, but they only got him probably for a season. Um, expect good things out of Jay Scrubs. Yeah, Scrub, he has a – like th- they said that he pretty much has a um, like a blindside background, like the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very like similar situation. So I'm glad to see that he uh, was able to. Of course, obviously, ESPN gave us the whole uh, the whole story on him. But uh, yeah, he's a very interesting cat. I, I love to see a guy come from from a humble beginning like that to uh, to be on a team like the Clippers, who, quite frankly, will need him. I think uh, when the, when their roster shakes out. Um, Abe, a guy we haven't mentioned here. Uh, give us somebody in the second round that you think is gonna uh, is a good pick. 
I I'll tell you this right now. I'm not sold on the, what we did with the 47 pick and Yam Madar. Oh, you um, should be. I was gonna pick. I mean, I I was I was <laughs> I was looking at the highlights and it's like I mean again we mentioned earlier how there's that bias. Uh, the stereotype about European players and whether they can translate well. Like, watching film, as a playmaker, he's dope. But this guy cannot shoot from three at all, you know? 26% three-point shooter. And he gambles a lot. So I wasn't sure what's the point. I honestly don't know if we keep it. But earlier we mentioned when we talked about the Hornets, we mentioned Vernon Carey Jr., you know, shout out to the Duke Blue Devils. I thought that was a good pick, especially for what Charlotte is trying to uh, build. They, they That's an uh, area they needed to address because you got Bismack Biombo, who, like, let's be real, are any of us threatened by Bismack Biombo? No. Can we see him? Never happened. No. So, a uh, great pick to get Vernon Carey Jr. He can definitely produce a good offensive player, uh, has flashes of defense, we already mentioned earlier how much I love the Trey Jones pick and how he fell to um, San Antonio, which was a great, great situation for him. Um, shout out to uh, the Bucks on getting Jordan Noara, yeah. uh, another Nigerian. That's huge. Uh, you know, <laughs> pairing him with Giannis is is a whole family affair now. You know, the Nigerians are taking over the league. I'm looking forward to that next Olympic team that we foster. Um, so I do like that pick at 45th, um, especially given. The fact that the Bogdan deal kind of just yeah, fell through. The I was going to mention him too because he has the. He reminds me of what Kuzma was when he was coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. 225, very similar builds, still power forwards, but they really just want to shoot. And I think that if they can get that, if they can fine tune that and keep uh, keep this kid out of LA, I think that uh, <laughs> the LA culture down there, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that he can keep his head on straight and hopefully uh, be solid, but. Uh, yeah, then my my pick uh, there. I, I'm glad to see Kenyon Martin Jr. get a chance. Uh, you know, just I think he's going to end up in Houston. Is where he's going to end up. So shout out to uh, to Pierre for that. You did. You guys did get a draft pick somehow. It's a very rare. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do think that that kid's going to be very interesting. Uh, just uh, athletically, apparently he's worked on his shot a lot. So uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. is going to the Kings. No, no, he's but he's getting traded to the uh, to the Rockets. Yeah, they flipped it. They flipped oh, did they? I. I, yeah. I was, that was before the draft a couple of days ago, um, and that's how they got it. That's the Ariza deal, right? Oh no, the, the that's when. They, well, yeah, is they, that they, when they, they got, got Ariza or when they traded Rocco? Uh, I think so. I can't. Yeah, I think that's where they got the pick from at some point. Yeah, via who? You know how it is. There's always like several like different avenues how a pick got to somebody. But oh yeah, yeah. Houston, and I think that's uh that's gonna be nice. I mean, obviously, you know they uh they need anybody they can get right now. No offense up here, but uh they will uh <laughs> yeah. So I think that's gonna be a great call. But overall, guys, it's a really fun draft. It was really a lot of teams got a lot of uh solid, uh, a lot of solid start, a lot of solid stars, a lot of solid role players, um, and I think a lot of guys ended up in good positions, uh, good situations. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's we'll see how it plays out going forward. I mean the season starts soon. Uh, we're we're just about three days out from being a month away from uh, from the season starting. So lots can of you believe that? But, but, At least we get Christmas NBA on Christmas Day, so I'm glad for that. Before we go, let me run through some things that happened as we were recording, and I'll just say it. We don't yeah, have to talk ahead. about. Um, Dwayne Dedman traded from Atlanta to Detroit uh, to, mm-hmm. for Tony Snail. Um, so Detroit got a Lord have mercy. contract. Um, JaVale McGee is exercising his player option to stay with L.A., That's good call, um, which is huge. Uh, but the Lakers did waive Quinn Cook. 
They left him uh, out of the bus after the championship. Do you guys they see did. that? They did, man. Oh. <laughs> so they just let him go all together. Huh? He still gets his ring. That's awesome. Yeah, that's true. He does. Milwaukee is waving uh, Ilyasova. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then we already talked about the Knicks declined all of those players. <laughs> Just um, completely. Yeah, all these power forwards that y'all caught us for, they're gone. Power forward <laughs> by your gone. name on the on the roster sheet. You're off the team. <laughs> You're gone. They they did an old school of like the A team, the B team. Um, that you made and the B team just got cut all together. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. You guys go back to JV. We'll see you later. Uh, well, hey guys, really great episode. I appreciate uh having you on, Abe. Of course, everyone go listen to the hey, OCA. Appreciate you. Uh, one of the better listens around. Um, yeah, and then up here, we'll get you back next week, my guy. Miss you. Enjoy uh, Cabo. Keep getting that sun for me. Um, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> on behalf of uh, Full Court Press, Matt, Abe, and the Craft Factory, uh, you guys all have a wonderful night, wonderful day, and uh, we'll see you later. Good to see you.